0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 99 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live as I record this late on Monday night uh, just after the Atlanta Hawks got a, what can only be be described as a wild victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder, 110-108 to on the road. Uh, There is obviously a ton to get to from this game if you watched it. If you did not, I will do my best to catch you guys up on what transpired, but uh, this was a fantastic performance from the Hawks given the fact that Dwight Howard uh, was a late scratch in this game at about 5.30 or so p.m. Eastern time on Monday night. Uh, Howard was listed as questionable, kind of out of the blue with, with some back stiffness, and about an hour and a half later, about an hour before game time, he was uh, scratched from this game, leaving the Hawks very, very shorthanded in this matchup uh, to the point where they only played nine guys um, and, and only eight guys in the first half, but the Hawks overcame that. Uh, that, that absence from White uh, in a big way in this game, especially on the offensive end of the court, and that allowed the team to uh, outscore a team in Oklahoma City that had been playing fairly well. Russell Westbrook uh, had a monster night Night for the Thunder with 46 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists, but it was not quite enough as the Hawks kind of made every play they needed to make down the stretch. And uh, for, you know, at various points in time, it looked as if the Hawks were going to lose this game uh, in respectable fashion to be sure down the stretch, but uh, in the end, it was Paul Millsap, it was Dennis Schroeder making big plays and a couple of uh, things in between that uh, allowed this team to escape with the victory that was uh, uh, certainly well-deserved and uh, one of the more encouraging performances in the entire season for Atlanta. Uh, Lots to get to here. We'll kind of go in chronological order for as much as possible in this game. We'll come back to the Dwight thing at the end of the podcast, but uh, the fact that he was out, of course, is the big, overarching story in this game. Uh, It was interesting, bud. uh, Mike Benoza elected to go with a small lineup out of the gate here, playing um, Dennis Schroeder alongside Kent Bazemore, Kyle Korver, and Thomas Filosia in the starting lineup. Uh, Paul Mosap played center uh, almost exclusively in this game. Uh, Paul played a robust 39 minutes of court time here, and uh, the great majority of those. Came at center in these small ball lineups that they used throughout the game, uh, and was, you know it proved to be effective even against a team in Oklahoma City that's very very big uh, compared to most NBA teams. You know Enes Kanter played only 15 minutes in this game for the Thunder, and while he had eight points and seven rebounds off the bench for Oklahoma City, uh, the presence of small lineups kind of took him out of the game. As you know, Kanter one of their better offensive threats, and the Hawks basically made it to where he couldn't even be on the court because of the fact that they they elected to go small. That was a brilliant bit of a strategy. I thought of my Budenholzer in this game, and he uh, really had a great night individually on the on the bench, kind of pressing the right buttons throughout the contest. And uh, shout out to him for that performance. Uh, the Thunder, you know, the early on the Hawks we were playing very very well defensively, uh, which is kind of surprising when you think of a small lineup. You think offense focused, and that ended up being the trend throughout the game here. But in the first in, in the first quarter, uh, the Thunder scored only 16 points and were held to uh, an offensive rating of 62.9 points per 100 possessions, which is fairly wild. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, the rest of this game it got got kind of sideways defensively for Atlanta. Not not terribly shocking, um, just because of the fact that you know you're playing without a, without a real rim protector. For as good as Paul is defensively, uh, you're playing without a traditional lineup in that sense. And of course, playing guys like Corver and Hardaway Jr. who are not the greatest defensive players. Baysmore uh, is really struggling on that end still. But and and of course, playing against a guy in Westbrook that just kind of had a crazy night. But the offense was very very good. Not again not a huge shock that the offense would be better without. Dwight Dwight on the floor, uh, that's not a shot at Dwight by any means, when you're playing five out um, with with five guys on, on, on the court that can all shoot the ball and you're playing this small ball lineup, it is uh, not a surprise to me that the offense will be better here, and that proved to be the case over the big uh, portion of this game. Uh, at halftime, as I mentioned earlier, uh, only only eight guys played in the first half. Uh, Chris Humphreys did not play in this game, which really surprised me. But uh, Bud clearly saw something on the scouting report uh, for Oklahoma City that where he wanted to go small, whereas going traditional. You know, you, you would assume that once Howard was out of the game, and I uh, truthfully I assumed this that Humphreys would at least get a stint or two in this game, but he did not. In the first half, it was basically just the uh, the rotation of eight guys, the you know the nine guys minus Howard. And the second half, Mike Scott came in for a stretch of time, and I thought played you know reasonably well in his in his first appearance in the NBA back since his D-League stint he he played 8 minutes scored 5 points was plus 3 in those 8 minutes i thought mike was pretty effective had a couple of moments in which you know he left some things to be desired but um uh, they went away from Malcolm Delaney in the second half i thought i thought it was noteworthy in the first half, the ladies, uh, couple of stints was not, were not were not very good. He played 11 minutes. Uh, the team was minus nine when he was on the court. He, he did not play particularly well. So in the second half, when Schroeder came off the court for the small time that he did because Dennis played 40 minutes in this game, when he was off the court, uh, the Hawks were able to uh, run a no-point guard lineup with Kent Bazemore, uh, defending the defending point guards, and the Hawks were able to get by without Schroeder for that little, that little portion of time. They went bigger with Scott during that time and uh, ended up being a successful uh, lineup tweak. Even if it was one that I kind of didn't understand at the time, but it did end up working for Bud and that has to be noted uh, in terms of uh, the second half, uh, you know things were definitely uh, perilous at various points in the second half of this game the the thunder scored 30 points in the fourth quarter uh, on 55 percent shooting Oklahoma City held the lead um, late with uh, you know pretty fairly late in this game the Hawks finally took it back with an 11 to two run uh, to take a lead at 108 to 106. From there, I'll kind of take you possession my possession. Uh, there was a huge shot from Kent Bazemore that tied the game. Um... <laughs> Yeah, basically uh, basically an awful shot, I would say, from, from Kent to be to be as frank as I possibly can. He got caught in the, in the corner, ended up kind of launching what, what was definitely a contested and not a high percentage shot on a long two for a guy who did not play super well in this game, but uh, Kent made it, tied uh, the game, and then on the next possession down, um, Dennis Sure Dennis hit a pull-up that gave the Hawks the lead for the first time in a while with 49 seconds to go. Um, Russ Russell Westbrook, of course, came down the next play, hit a hit, a, hit another ridiculous pull-up jumper uh, to tie the game again. But on the on the game-winning possession, there was an excellent play design um, for Mike Budnolzer and company coming out of a timeout. Uh, Shooter held the ball, went late. And uh, it ended up being a pick and roll between shooter and Millsap at the top of the key, which is kind of what you'd expect. of course it would be with the team's two best offensive players in this per- in this particular game uh, doing that together. It ended up actually turning into though a Millsap Corver a two- a two-man game in which Corver uh, got attracted a lot of attention, hit Millsap on something of a short roll on the wing and Millsap connected on a, on a pretty mid-range jump shot to give the team the lead. Uh, defensively on the last possession, Russell Westbrook uh, definitely wanted a foul call on two different times. Uh, the first one where the ball was knocked out of bounds, and a second one as the uh, as a potential game winner was in the air. Russell wanted the foul, but it looked it looked to me like it was a pretty pretty good defensive play for the Hawks. And Westbrook kind of took the easy way out and looking for a call rather than going out and getting a bucket. So uh, the def- the defense held up on that final play, and that was the end of that. It was like, uh, a a photo finish, though, to be sure. You know, Stephen Adams had a had a dunk that was nullified, uh, just you know, fraction of a second after the after the buzzer it was certainly the right call you could probably tell in real time that Adams dunk was late but it was uh, you know too close for comfort I'm sure for Hawks fans as there was a dunk in the air um, you know that would have tied the game at the end but uh, in the end it was a fantastic sort of escape win for the Hawks and one that was certainly unlikely uh, you know before the Howard news broke the thunder were two and a half point favorites in this game which Basically signals that the teams were kind of a coin flip. Uh, it should be noted that Oklahoma City was playing without Victor Oladipo, and we talked about that a little bit on the preview podcast with Fred Katz. Uh, you know today as I record but yesterday as you're listening to this. Um, but without Oladipo, you know I think I still think the, the Thunder are probably a little bit better than the Hawks just because of how how well Westbrook is playing. Uh, but you know after the Howard news, I'm sure the, the Vegas line moved a little bit in those final minutes, and uh, you know it, it was pretty. It's a pretty surprising outcome for me that the Hawks were able to go in and get this win uh, let's, uh, you know, we can move on to some individual stuff in this game. Uh, of course there's a lots of, lots of individual performances to get to. I think the best one of all came from Paul Millsap. Uh, 32, um, thir- sorry 30 points, 11 rebounds uh, a steal and a block in 39 minutes for Paul. 12 of 18 from the floor 3 of 5 from 3. Uh, he was fantastic in this game. A couple of highlight reel plays and really kind of just made every play imaginable for Atlanta play quality defense. Uh, holding his guys under control of the defensive end and really doing a good job and helping on Westbrook whenever, whenever given the Possibility. Uh, this is one of Paul's better games of the year, I thought, and he was uh, lights out in a way. Of course, you know, knocking down the game winner is also helpful because the Hawks have sort of earned this reputation as a team that is kind of bad in those situations when they have the chance to put a, put a game away. But Paul, they executed that play flawlessly, as I said before, and Paul knocked it down. And he had the biggest shot of the night and the best play of the night overall. You know, nothing to see here in terms of uh, not not a huge shock that Paul would play well because he's very very good at basketball. But at the same breath, you know, he did it and he, he played super well in this game, and that was uh, nice to see from Paul. Uh, The other big star in this game for Atlanta was Dennis Schroeder. He played 40 minutes, as I said before. 31 points and 8 assists. Uh, for Dennis, four turnovers, which is nothing nothing terrible considering how much he was used in this game, a plus nine in his 40 minutes, um, and you know, 10 of 10 from the line for Dennis, which is very, very crucial after a couple of misses the last couple of nights at the line for the Hawks. The team shot 19 of 24 for 79%, which is pretty darn good, and uh, 10 of 10 from Dennis was really a big factor in that. I thought he was very, very good, uh, taking advantage of Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook, for those of you, uh, you, you, know, you probably see the stats and you see the effort that he puts forth on. The, on the offensive end of the court might, might assume and because he's such a great athlete that he's a good defensive player I'm here to tell you that's absolutely not true at this point in his career uh, Russ probably could be a good defender if he channeled all that on the defensive end but uh, he is not a good defender now we saw some of that in this game uh, Dennis really took advantage of him like he was standing still on a few occasions you know it was not all on what on Westbrook it should be noted that Dennis did play well even when guarded by other guys in this game but uh, Westbrook was certainly a factor in Dennis's big night, but you know nothing—nothing nothing bad about that. He he took advantage and played very well, and this is another good game from Dennis. Uh, you know the, the season-long stats, the RPM still treats Dennis as if he's having a, a poor season. Uh, but I think lately, especially Dennis has he's picked up his play considerably to the point where it's been very 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 encouraging. This is another example of that. So good to see him continue to play well. In this game, uh, Thomas Feloša, the former Oklahoma City Thunder swingman, had a very good game here. 15, 15 points offensively, six rebounds. Did a, uh, you know, it's it's hard for me to say. Did a good job on Westbrook, considering Westbrook, Westbrook had forty-six points. But I did think that Tabo did a respectable job, forcing him to, uh, you know, he took thirty-three shots. Uh, you know, Russell was fairly 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 efficient, but at the same time, like nothing was terribly easy for Westbrook. So, you know, shout out to Tabo on doing a decent job, despite the fact that Russ kind of went off because that's just kind of what Russ does at this point in the season. Uh, other guys that played uh, reasonably well, you know, Kyle Korver, I mentioned that that great pass late to uh, Paul Muth. He had a couple of big threes early on in this game. Uh, he finished with only eight points and six assists, but uh, was a plus five, played pretty good defense. Was, uh, they used him to guard power forwards a lot in this game. Uh, to start both halves, he was covering a Sabonis and held him uh, completely in check. Kyle has been uh, used, and I've always been a proponent of his, of his sheer size, just having been around him. Kyle's one of the bigger wings in this league. He's about six, seven and a half, and stocky and long. Um, so to see him play a little bit of defense at power four is not shocking to me, but uh, smart that I think Bud's kind of done that, and he's has uh, been able to play well in that role defensively, and I thought he played very well in this game despite the modest numbers. Uh, off the bench, I mentioned Scott already. Tim Arroyo Jr. was fine, seven points uh, on three of seven shooting in twenty-two minutes. Uh, the team really, re- you know, Bud really rode the starters in this game. Uh, the the makeshift starting lineup, I should say. Uh, each member of the of the small ball lineup that started the game played thirty-four plus minutes. Thirty-four uh, for Velusha, thirty-five for Corver, forty each from Kent Bazemore and Dennis Schroeder, and thirty-nine from Paul Millsap. Uh, you know, on the negative side, there, you know, I, I will not tell you that Kent Bazemore played well in this game. I did not think that he did. He played forty minutes. Um, I don't I don't think he was as bad as some people on Twitter were trying to make him out to be in this game, I'm not pointing fingers at those guys. He had, Kent had some ugly moments in this game, including that big shot that that he hit at the end that I thought was really kind of a bad play, and he was lost on a few occasions offensively. I continue to think his offense has been very, very rough this year. Uh, he made 4 of 9 from the floor, so not disastrous there. O of 2 from 3, missed 5 free throws in this game, 4 of 9 from the free throw line is concerning. Did finish with respectable numbers, 12 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, but that's more of a function of him playing 40 minutes here. I I didn't think Kent played particularly well and definitely definitely took a step back after what I thought was one of his, if not the best, two-game stretches of the season on Friday and Saturday. So uh, a little bit of regression there from Kent. Hopefully he could pick things back up to where uh, we thought he might turn this thing into after a strong performance on Friday and Saturday, but this was not one of his better nights. Um, Aside from that, though, that was really the only individual negative that was uh, overarching for me. uh, this is a game, again, where a lot of these guys played very well, Playing only nine guys and really only uh, eight guys per half um, is, you know, Going with a short bench on the road, uh, it's kind of an impressive performance, especially going small uh, for that long. That kind of takes more effort, more energy than you might think. The Hawks really flew around defensively, and while listen, they were not effective defensively in this game. The, you know, the Thunder scored 112 points per 100 possessions, and Oklahoma City is not the most uh, efficient team in the world offensively on the season. You know, you think about Westbrook being an offense, an offensive uh, marvel. But uh, for season, the season, uh, the Thunder are only 17th in the NBA, only scoring about 103 points per 100 possessions. So giving up 112 to them, not exactly super encouraging, but I definitely understand it considering these small lineups. And uh, nothing nothing real bad to say about this game. This is a very, very strong, encouraging performance. And uh, I believe this Mike Conti right before I recorded uh, t- said this, and I want to credit him because it was something I wasn't thinking about. But uh, heading, heading into this three-game stretch against the Thunder, the Raptors and the Hornets if you told me that the Hawks were going to win two of those three games I would have been extremely thankful and happy for that uh, so no Hawks fan could be terribly upset you know even the loss to Charlotte as, was not a bad one as we talked about on the Monday show uh, you know there's no there's no shame in losing to a pretty good Hornets team so uh, the 2-1 two, performance there is just kind of what the doctor ordered now the Hawks are back to the 500 mark for the first time in a while so that's that's super encouraging as well so uh, listen uh, it's it's been fun uh, I, you know I, I said the first time in a while that's not true the Hawks so the Hawks have now won three of uh, three or five, I guess, to get back there. So it's 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 interesting. They're they They're only one game back in the Southeast Division for reference at this point in time. And while the division stuff doesn't really make a whole lot of difference right now, the Hawks are uh, only a half game out of the playoffs. Only a game and a half out of third place in the East as, as I record this. It might be different by the time you listen to this in the morning. I, as I, I admittedly am not checking the, uh, the live scores as I'm recording. But at the same time, it's fairly late in the night as I'm, as I'm talking to you. So I think that's probably going to be pretty accurate. And the Hawks are, are coming on at least strong over the last couple of games. And uh, this is one of the great performances of the season for the team. So, uh, feel free to get excited. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'm always going to tell you to calm down uh, in exciting moments and get more excited in uh, in negative moments, but this was one that uh, I'll tell you that you can definitely celebrate the effort of the team on this night because it was a fun one to watch and consume and uh, a good result. For the Hawks. Before I let you guys get out of here, I do want to talk about a little bit about Dwight Howard. Uh, again, I, I kind of brunched it a few times here. I, there's no shame for me in uh, you know in pointing out that uh, the team is going to be better offensively without Dwight. It's not a shot at Dwight, and uh, as a lot of people pointed out to me during and after the game when I talked about this, you know, Dwight is one of the only uh, only a couple of guys on the team that has a positive net rating for the season. So it's not as if I'm saying the Hawks are better without Dwight Howard. That's definitely not true. Um, but in this game, it did it did sort of uh, outlined some of the strengths and weaknesses of the team without Howard. They they were able to go to the full-on switching defensive style in this game. Uh, while it did not work as well as you might imagine, given what I just said about the defensive performance on the whole, uh, offensively, the offense kind of came alive without Dwight. Uh, more importantly, though, uh, long-term, uh, you know, him, him missing a game for, for his back, is a little bit worrisome, only because of the fact that uh, Howard has had some back trouble in the past. You know, dating back to his time in Orlando and, and of course, during his time uh, with the Lakers and Rockets, uh, he's had a back surgery. Uh, At this point in time, with what I know at the time of this recording, I'm not terribly worried. It was listed as back stiffness, so it's not like it's a huge uh, issue as far as what they're going to tell us about. But at the same time, like keep an eye on this, uh, and I will keep an eye on this for sure. The, The Hawks have a day off on Tuesday before playing Wednesday night at home. So hopefully we'll get an, an up-close-and-personal look at Dwight in that game uh, and Phillip's Arena on Wednesday, and I will be in attendance, so I'll definitely be asking the question. If, if we've not heard an update before that, I'll definitely be you know poking and prodding to see what we can find out about Dwight's back. But uh, hopefully this is just a one-off, a uh, bit, bit of time for him to take a night off. Uh, get get right with his back and uh, we'll see what transpires in the future so not terribly worried but definitely have a, a bit of a bit of caution here considering Dwight's history and the fact that he is now you know over 30 years old and you want to keep an eye on that and uh, you know the Hawks are kind of famous for taking things easy for guys uh, when they're coming back from injury so if there's any issue at all they'll certainly take it easy with him and hopefully this is just a one game thing for Dwight. Uh, that's going to kind of wrap things up for, the, for today's podcast. If you missed it, I uh, did a two part episode for the first time uh, in history on Monday. So, uh, you, you know, obviously the preview podcast for the Thunder game is probably out of date at this point, but you want, if you want to go catch up on what transpired over the weekend with those two games, if you missed those, uh, I, would, I would encourage you to go listen to that. And of course, subscribe to the podcast, listen to every single episode, or at least download, give me that click, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, visit me on pstreethoops.com or on Twitter at btroll. the, the show is at locked on Hawks on Twitter and the uh, Facebook page is at, also at Locked On Hawks. So uh, come come visit us anytime. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this is a fun fun night. Always always more fun when the team wins. Even uh, it for as much as people get on me for you know quote unquote rooting against the Hawks or being negative. Uh, I've always said that it's definitely more fun when the team plays well. And it's uh, this is sort certainly an episode in which it was fun to talk about and fun to consume. So uh, thanks thanks for listening as always, guys. I'm, we'll be back again on Wednesday with episode 100. So stay tuned for that. And thanks as always for listening.